good all the time. I could hear Sister Viviana saying that right then, all the time. God's good to us, and I appreciate him tonight. And um, just a couple of quick announcements. I know that um, people have seen the news and know that now in Georgia, schools have been closed through the remainder of the school year. So let's remember to be praying for our seniors, uh, our high school seniors now, especially because uh, they are going to miss the remainder of this final year. And uh, that's just uh, terrible for them. Uh, but we have great young people, and I know they're going to be fine. But uh, what a, a sad time for them to know that they're not going to be able to, to have that uh, the rest of that year with people they went to school with for so long, different things. So there's a lot to pray for. Uh, praying for those, anybody that has been affected by the virus and things like that, always praying for our people. Pray protection over your people. Pray for leadership in this country. Our governor has decided that now there will be a mandatory uh, self-sheltering uh, at home, um, and uh, that starts and it goes through the 13th of April, I believe. I don't know what that means for church services yet. So if we can't come to you from here in the sanctuary, we will broadcast from our home. I do know that that will put us from gathering together as we normally would like to, but God's still doing something great. I hope you checked out the video that my son posted. Uh, that was just an incredible little video and just such a powerful statement that it made. Uh, we are still able to do the work of the Lord, whether or not we are inside these four walls. That's a fact. And so thankful today for the Lord. And let's just remember to continue praying. Pray for the church. Pray for the world. Pray for anybody you can think of. Let's just call out on the Lord and, and see Him do something great for us in this season. Tonight we will uh, begin a series. Since we are not having discipleship class on Sunday mornings, and uh, we're doing just the one service on Sundays when we do that, uh, I wanted to uh, do this series tonight, uh, well, the first lesson, and it will be on finding favor. I, I want to find favor with the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's good, though, to have favor with people in the world as well. And I'll tell you one thing that can bring that favor is when your walk is right with God. The Bible says that when our ways, a man's ways, please the Lord, that he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so what that tells me is that uh, when I do what I'm supposed to do in the sight of God, not only does he like that and he will take care of me, but he will turn even an enemy into a friend. He can um, make uh, our ways pleasant even unto those that don't really never liked us before. Uh, he will make even our enemies to be at peace with us. We can find favor with the Lord. But tonight's lesson, this first lesson, uh, is entitled Righteous in an Unrighteous World. Uh, the idea for our series is that God gives favor to those who choose righteousness in an unrighteous world. It will pay to be righteous. Our opening scripture is Genesis 6 and 9. I uh, taught about Moses a few nights ago talking about how that uh, when we are obedient, how that God can not only save us, but others can be saved through our obedience. Noah was a great man. In Genesis 6 and 9, it says, These are the generations of Noah. 
Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. That is a great description of this man who lived in a time where uh, things were not very pleasant in the world. God created the heavens and the earth and the world, and of course we know uh, in creation how that he made the garden, he placed man and his wife there, and how they disobeyed him were put out. And, and you think at such an early stage of history that the world was just a great and perfect place, uh, but wickedness had got into the world, and uh, there was one man, Noah, that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It will pay you to live righteous in this world today, to be righteous in an unrighteous world. And it does matter. The Bible says unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, there's some scriptures that we love, and that's about being born again. And except we are born again, we cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. So once we're born again, access is granted. But let me tell you, you can cancel out your access. You can lose access to the kingdom if you begin to uh, meddle with unrighteousness. Once we are born again of water and the Spirit and our sins have been washed away and we have been filled with the Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God, let me tell you, we have righteousness that is not our own righteousness, but it is the righteousness that comes to us through faith in Christ Jesus And once we have that righteousness, let me tell you, we have access and blessings to the things of God. But let me tell you this also, you can lose that righteousness by picking up things that are unrighteous. Let me ask you this, if you come to God and you repent of your sins and now you're living your best life for Him and you used to be a, a, you know, tell lies all the time, but now you don't do that no more. Well, let me ask you this, if you tell a lie, After you come to God, is it not still a lie? It's still a lie. You know what the Bible says? God hates liars, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire. So let me tell you, that don't change just because you and I decide, hey, I'm born again. Now it's okay. I got a license to lie or a license to steal or to do whatever I want to do. Unrighteousness is still ugly in the eyes of God. And it will always be unrighteousness. His blood was not shed to make sin okay. It was uh, shed to wash that sin away. He wants it dead and buried and gone and wants us walking in the newness of life. Listen, uh, heaven ain't going to just happen. And being all right with God ain't going to just happen. God loves you before you ever know him. That's unconditional. But being right with God and being born again will not just happen. We've got to take the steps to do it. It will pay you and I to live a righteous life for God. I'm not talking about self-righteousness. The Bible says that my righteousness was as filthy rags. When I try to be righteous within myself, then it's just like disgusting, old, nasty rags, and uh, God doesn't want anything to do with it. But the scripture says that when we come to God, that he will adorn us with a robe of righteousness. And let me tell you, I want the robe of righteousness that comes from God. It it brings me to the, the image of that prodigal son when he left his father's house and he got out in the world. He he was meddling with unrighteousness. But when he came home, 
the, the father said, don't just bring any robe, but bring the best robe. Bring that best robe. And he covered him. And it was like a robe of righteousness. The, the righteousness that that boy had, it was just filthy rags. But when the Lord saw him, he just wrapped him up and said, I'm going to cover him. I'm going to cover his unrighteousness with this so that it cannot be seen. But if that boy had left that night and went back to that hog pen with that, that beautiful best robe, you know what he would have done? He would have ruined it. It had got muddy. It would have stank. It would have got ripped up. It would have been messed up. Just because it was the best robe didn't mean he could drag it through the mud. You can't just drag your life through the mud. You've got to live a life that is righteous. And today, in a world that needs an example, that needs the church more than ever before, as this world gets darker, hey, let me tell you, it needs someone to stand up and say, I'm going to live righteous unto God, but not self-righteous, only the righteousness that comes by faith in him. There are so many scriptures about this, and, and uh, I'll, let me tell you, while you're at home and you have time in your, in your uh, self-quarantine uh, or whatever they want to call it, let me tell you, your shelter-in-place order, you ought to get out your concordance and go through the book of Proverbs and just see all the scriptures that it talks about what the benefits are for people who are righteous. But I want to read a few scriptures here. Uh, Psalm 5 and 12 says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him as a shield. So let me tell you, to find favor with God, we need to live our life righteous. Listen, his mercy in grace, they're new every morning. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Those things are coming, but, but his mercy does not automatically make me righteous. And his grace does not automatically make me righteous. I've got to take the steps. And so for thou, Lord, you will bless the righteous, and then with favor you will compass him as a shield. In Psalm 34 and 15, and then 17 and 19, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Or oh, it pays to be righteous because yeah, you got somebody watching over you and somebody listening that can actually do something. He said, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivers them out of all of their trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That don't sound real good, but then the next part says, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. It pays to live righteous. I know people, that's one of those words that people get scared of. They don't want anybody to call them righteous because we don't want to seem self-righteous. But listen, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm just uh, righteous before God. The Bible, we used to sing that song, none but the righteous shall see God. And uh, listen, we, we're going to have to be righteous because unrighteousness loses the inheritance. Unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, we have got to stay righteous in the eyes of God. Proverbs 11 and 4 says this, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness will deliver from death. I'm glad to know today that when we are righteous, there's some favor that we get with God. Now, that does not mean that God is a respecter of persons because these benefits are available to anybody who will take them. 
You, you know, people would say, well, God, that's not fair. Well, yes, yeah, fair because it's offered to everybody. Whosoever will, let him come. God's still uh, putting the offer out for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God still loves everybody, all flesh. He loves his creation. And, uh, but there are benefits to being in the body. And so uh, if you're righteous, then you're in the body. And I want to be uh, in the body. I want to reap these benefits. And so uh, to be righteous in an unrighteous world is to be like Noah. Why wouldn't you want to be like Noah? The Bible says in the last days it will be as it was in the days of Noah. Well, guess what? Noah uh, navigated that successfully. So if I want to navigate these last days, I need to be like Noah. I need to learn a lesson from this man who lived to be such an old, uh, over 900 years old. I, I need to learn some things from Noah. Because in the middle of a world that God had just gotten sick of, he, he, he was... Uh, it repented him, it says, that he created man. And he was done with the wickedness of man because uh, he said that he saw their wickedness and that every uh, imagination in their mind, their thoughts, was just to do evil all the time. And the earth was ruined in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. That's how God described what was going on in the days of Noah. But there was one bright spot, and that was Noah. In a world where, this, where it was just wickedness and evil and violence, there was one man, it said, that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One man was faithful unto God. And let me tell you, if we don't think it's evil in these days, it ain't no more, uh, we know it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. Paul began to instruct Timothy about uh, perilous times that were coming. He said in 2 Timothy 3, uh, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and they would have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And he said, from such turn away. Then he went on to say, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But what do we do? Continue thou in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of who you learned them from, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm glad today that God has given us a way that we can stay holy and acceptable unto him in this last day, that we can be righteous in his eyes. Jesus said himself in Matthew 24 and 12, and that because iniquity shall abound, that the love of many would wax cold. I don't want my love for God and my love for the things of God to wax cold. I want to stay righteous in an unrighteous world because that's how you get out of here. That's how Noah got out of here because he stayed righteous in an unrighteous world. Now, Paul told Timothy, he said, you've known the scriptures from a child, but hey, guess what? Noah didn't have scripture. You think about that? Noah didn't have the books of the Bible to read. But Noah, uh, his life teaches me that living righteous will require a relationship with God, a close relationship with God nonetheless. 
Let me tell you, it doesn't tell us a lot about this, but we understand something that, that Noah had decided to live a way that was pleasing unto God, and he don't do that unless he knows what God wants him to do. Noah had a relationship with God. He learned how to live righteous by talking with his creator. The Bible says that Noah walked with God. You know what? Uh, when we read about God walking, he used to walk in the garden in the cool of the day and, and talk with Adam. And let me tell you, Noah found a place where he could still walk with God, even though he didn't have a Bible, even though he didn't have scriptures and scrolls and things like that. But he did have the word of God coming straight from the mouth of God. And let me tell you, that, that was long before the law was ever written. There was no rules per se to follow. Noah learned what God wanted by spending time with him. Let me tell you, in this time of, of uh, sheltering in and this time of having to stay home, might be a good time to start talking to God so we can find out exactly what God wants us to do. We can learn that by spending time with him. We need to pray. We need to read. We need to study. We need to listen to preaching. We need to spend some time with the Lord. You know, uh, they had such a good relationship that, that God confided in Noah his plan. Hey, Noah, I'm going to bring the end of all flesh on this world, but I'm going to give you a way out because you have been righteous and you have walked before me as you should. And so he said, build an ark this way, gather in this way, take your sons, their wives, and your wife, and when it's time, you're going to get on this thing and the flood's going to cover the earth, but you're going to be all right because you have done what you were supposed to do. Noah found favor in the eyes of God he wasn't, uh, God wasn't being any way. God wasn't uh, having respect of person toward Noah. Uh, for 120 years, Peter described Noah as a preacher of righteousness. Noah lived his life, and I'm sure he answered many questions about what he was doing while he was uh, building this ark. I'm sure he told people that God told me what was coming on this world, but people didn't listen because it was still just eight souls saved by water. We see that Daniel in the scripture was also a man who could live righteous in an unrighteous kingdom, in an unrighteous world. And uh, Daniel along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and uh, how that they, uh, they were in captivity because of the disobedience of Israel in Jerusalem. And, and now they lived under the rule of a pagan king and, and served under this pagan king. But still... Even in that land, under the threat of losing their own lives, they still stayed faithful to God. We know that Daniel spent a night in a den of lions because he refused to stop praying as he had always done until the God he served. And did he perish? He did not perish, uh, but instead he got a great miracle and deliverance and then was promoted in the kingdom. And then Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace because they would not bow down and worship the false idol. They would not give in even though the rest of the people did. They would not bow. And they were thrown into that fiery furnace. But did they perish? No, they did not. But God brought a great deliverance and walked around in the fire with them. And when they came out of the fire, the king that had put them in there ended up promoting them and, and declaring worship to the God that they served only. I'm telling you, it pays 
to serve God. You will find favor when you serve God. God will bless you when you live according to His Word. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And when you live by that Word, you're going to be blessed. You look through it, you can't number all the blessings that come to serving God. God will come through for you. God will bless you. When you give, it'll be given back. When you pray and fast, you'll be rewarded. You just cannot outdo God and His Word. God's got a way for us to live. He wants to supply every need according to our riches and glory. He desires for us to be as trees planted by the rivers of water. Listen, that's what God wants for us. It is His good pleasure to give unto us the kingdom. But you know what getting the kingdom is predicated on? Whether or not we're righteous or unrighteous. For unrighteousness shall not inherit. He can't give you, he can't go against his word. He can't give you something that only the righteous can inherit. It it, it pays to stay righteous in a world that is unrighteous. This world does not uh, embrace uh, our ideals about God. It doesn't want to live according to the the scripture. It doesn't want want nobody telling them what to do. Listen, hey God, just tell me what to do. Listen, God knows. Listen, I know we make plans. Hey, we make uh, plans, but God directs our steps. And sometimes God will just interrupt you, and he'll, he'll change your plans, and he'll do everything because he knows what's best for you. The witness uh, in the days of Noah, the witness that he had, that Noah had, it caused him to stand out. That's a, that's a a side effect, I guess you could say that's, that's what's going to happen when you live for God. You will stand out because light has no fellowship with darkness and we're the light of the world. When you turn a light on in a dark room, you know it's on. When a light begins to come on, you ever seen a, a, one that's on a dimmer switch and you begin to, to brighten it up and, and, and as it gets brighter, the room uh, is less dark. The darkness begins to flee. You're going to stand out when you live righteous for God, but that's okay. We don't do that to be boastful. We don't do that to make a reputation for ourselves, but we live for God so that he can get the glory. That's called being a light in this world. And listen, our righteousness is for us. It, it, it can inspire others, but it can't actually save others. Uh, you know, there's one, one Ezekiel wrote, said if Noah and Daniel and Job were present at this time when things were going on, the only people they could save would be themselves. They can't save anybody else. Hey, your pastor can't save you. Your praying grandmama can't save you. But they can inspire you to live righteous. Uh, I, I, I want to be an inspiration to somebody. I want to be obedient. Noah was obedient. Part of righteousness is being obedient. And that saved him plus his family. I want to make sure that I am living my life for God. Now, uh, we've got to, 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 this world needs to know that something's coming. It says in the days of Noah that people just went about as nothing was going to happen. It said that they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and, until the day that Noah went into the ark. And, and they did, it says, and they knew nothing. They had no idea until the flood came and took them all away. And he said, that's how it's going to be when the Lord comes back again. 
They had no idea. They got so caught up in their own stuff. They weren't worried about the things of the Lord. Uh, and so they just, uh, they had nothing grabbing their attention. But let me tell you, lift your voice like a trumpet. Let that light shine brighter than it's ever sh- shone before. Don't you think that when uh, that king told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if when you hear the music, you bow down, everything will be fine, but... Uh, but if not, it, you know, then it's going to cost you your life that when everybody fell down and there was three guys standing, I'm sure somebody looked up and said, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they watched as they were thrown into the furnace, but they also watched as they walked out and they realized that these guys served the true and living God. While this world is on fire, the servants of the Most High God are going to be walking with the Lord all around in it. Hey, hey, don't get worried about the fiery furnace that's come on this world right now. Just keep walking with the Lord. God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of his bride. But what's going to happen is the world's going to see when we come out of this fire. We're going to be like Job said. Job said, when I come out of the fire, I'm going to be like gold. Let me tell you, people's going to realize that we serve the most high God. I want to get uh, into a place where I am serving God in righteousness. I want to get to a place where I'm living my life in a way that is pleasing unto him every day. Listen, while I'm shut in, I want to be pleasing to God. And guess what? Because I have technology, because I can text and I can message and I can post and I can live stream, I can reach anybody that I want to as long as they answer it. I can preach on the internet. I can preach on my post. And the only way, unless Facebook decides to shut me down, then I'll just have to find another avenue. But let me tell you, but as long as I've got uh, technology, as long as I've got some way, I can still be a witness to somebody. Don't let Facebook become a negative witness for you. Don't let people see you. Uh, all you're doing is posting stuff about the virus. All you're doing is posting stuff funny things and memes and things like that. Let them see your witness even on this technology. Let them see your righteousness shining through. Daniel's righteous character, uh, it made him stand out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their righteous character made them stand out. And Noah's righteous character, it made him stand out. We won't be any difference. And our righteousness and faithfulness will bring deliverance just like it has to anybody else that you read about in the Scripture. Whenever you live righteously with God, God's going, hey, listen, sometimes God's going to shake up your world. I don't know what Noah did before he ever built an ark, but I can guarantee you he wasn't an ark builder. There was no need for that. He, God told Noah what was coming, and all of a sudden Noah's life changed forever. When God told Noah and gave him the plans to the ark, let me tell you, he didn't clock back into whatever job he had before. He started working on the ark. And let me tell you, sometimes God will come and interrupt your life so he can get you to do the things he needs you to do. Maybe this uh, shelter in place, maybe this COVID-19, maybe this virus that's all around this world is simply trying to get us to do what God has been trying to get us to do all along. Oh, hey, I'm not trying to, to, to uh, scold us tonight, but let me tell you, uh, every pastor, every preacher, every minister has got to uh, 
think about that and wonder, is God trying to set us up and position us into a place where we can actually get the gospel preached to every creature around the globe? Because let me tell you, once this gospel hits everywhere around this world, let me tell you, you can just start uh, looking up because Jesus is coming back. I'm, I'm ready for him to come back. He's going to come back in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. But hey, let me tell you, the unrighteous, they're not going. I want to make sure it, it pays uh, to, to be righteous. God gives favor to those who choose righteousness. You got to choose it. He will never force it on you. Living a righteous life, it will produce unexpected consequences. But hey, all consequences ain't bad. I'm sure as Noah and his family were safe and secure on that ark, they realized it was worth every hour of labor, every blister, every sore muscle, every splinter, every time I hit my finger with a hammer. Uh, let me tell you, the long days, the long nights, uh, every bit of it, it was worth every bit of it to know that it saved me and saved my family. You ain't going to get to heaven and say, wow, uh, I wish I'd known or I wouldn't have done that. You, when you get to heaven, you're going to say it was worth everything I ever did. It was worth everything I might have give up. It was worth every rule I had to follow, every scripture I had to obey. It was worth every sermon I had to listen to while I was here. It was worth every prayer, every week of fasting. It was worth it all to see the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. Uh, uh, we cannot walk in close fellowship with God without being obedient to what he asks us to do. And when we choose to live righteously, hey, we have made the choice to let God, who we are close to, disrupt our plans and our life. Jesus disrupted their lives. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left the life that they lived to follow him without any idea what that actually meant. But when God gives us a new direction, we must be prepared to respond and then change direction. Don't argue about it. He knows where you're going. You hear me? <laughs> Don't argue with him. He knows where you're going. He's got plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to bless you. He knows what you need before you even ask it. When God changes your direction, just go. So if God, whatever he asks you to do, uh, often it will be disruptive to our current life, our agenda. It might not even make sense. But we'll understand that the old song said better by and by. So what we can be assured of is that no matter what God asks us to do, no matter how ridiculous it might seem to us, if we do what we are asked, it will benefit us in the end. And when we allow God to change our plans, it don't always just benefit us, but it often blesses others. Hey, all of us owe a debt to Noah. Not just those other seven souls that was on that boat, but because of Noah obeying, life continued, and we're here today. So not only did Noah's favor with God bring about the salvation of his family, but it also preserved all human life. In one sense, the righteousness of Noah became the conduit for the salvation of humanity. Noah did not walk with God thinking, hey, one day God is going to use me to save the entire world. Noah never thought that, I'm sure. It was just an unexpected consequence. Hey, you and I, 
never had any idea probably that we would be where we are today with God, but here we are. Let God use you. Be righteous so he can use you. Be righteous and walk with God. Choose righteousness. Choose this day who you will serve. Serve the Lord with gladness and, and be a lightning in this world because there's favor that comes with it. You'll be the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. You'll be blessed going in and blessed going out. Let me tell you, God will bless you. I know we're going to make plans, but our daily agenda should be just held very lightly with the understanding that it is subject to God's change. You know, right now we live day by day. Somebody was asking me about the church earlier, and I said, well, we just have to make decisions day by day because I don't know what they're going to say next, what they're going to ask of us next. I have no idea. I can't plan services far out or down the road because I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. I do know that he's the Alpha and the Omega. I do know that he's the author and the finisher of my faith. I know that God's still in control. Hey, and guess what? If tomorrow God interrupts us, I interrupt the schedule, it might not just benefit us, it might lead to the salvation of someone else. If God shuts you in tomorrow, guess what? That don't stop you from being effective for the kingdom. You've got a little device that you can hold in your hand or, or log on to with your keyboard and you can get right to it. Do your own devotionals. Preach a message. Message somebody. Check on somebody. Pray for somebody over the phone. Hey, you never know. Just a word spoken sometimes is so precious. So tonight, thank you for joining in with us and, and we're just really glad about being able to come and do this and, and uh, see God do some great things. We love you all very much and just praying for you. And, hey, if we can do anything in this time, please let us know. Reach out to us. We're going to uh, be here and do as much as we can and as much as will be allowed. I want you to be obedient. I want you to be safe. And I, I want you to take care of yourself because, hey, I know God's watching over us. And I know God's a shield and a protector. But I want you to use common sense, and I want you to be careful because when it's time for us to come back together, I want us all to be back together. Amen? Let's pray before we go tonight. Precious Lord, we love you so dearly. Thank you for this word. And Lord, thank you that even in a world that is so against you and your church, that you've made a way that we can stand to be strong and, and live our life for you. God, use us now greatly in this hour. Let us be a blessing in this world. Let us be an example in this world. Let us be what this world needs today. And Lord, let us live our life righteously before you. God, that we can be pleasing and be ready to go when you come again. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. God bless you tonight at your home, wherever you might be. We love you and we'll make announcements. Uh, don't forget tomorrow night, 7 o'clock devotional. Uh, tomorrow night is Sister Taylor Barfield. Friday night will be Sister Elizabeth Sweet. Saturday evening will be Brother Frank Kitchens. So we've got these great young people lined up to do the devotionals over the next few days. And then Sunday we will be live streaming from somewhere, hopefully here. But if not, uh, we'll be coming to you from our home and we will have service in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight and you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Bing.